This is episode 163 with Walsam Gemily. G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on Your Impactful Journey. Hey, legends, I trust you're all well and thriving. Here we are for round two with Gemma Lee. We had her on episode 154 not so long ago, October 2020, and it was filled with wisdom and fun. It was a great episode, and I asked at the end for people to reach out if they found that episode helpful and if they wanted to hear more from Gemma, because I wanted to hear more from her, and I hope that you did too. Well, you responded and I listened. You guys were keen to hear and learn more from Gemma Lee, so here we are. And I read out a few of those reviews that I got and requests in the beginning when we're with Gemma. After this episode that you're about to listen to, we jumped on Instagram Live, Gemma and I did, for the bonus question, and I simply dropped a topic instead of asking a question. We had five minutes of Gemma's time, and all I said to her was... Let's talk about sex, baby. And then I dropped the mic and I left it to her. She had no idea that that's what I was going to say. And she just laughed and said, thank you, Robbo. I had no idea about that. Anyway, in true Gemma style, she riffed on the topic of sex from her elaborate and diverse perspective. And of course, and once again, in true Gemma style, it was fun and educational. So if you want to watch that one, I've saved it on my Instagram TV, so you can go on to my Instagram page and watch that. My Instagram tag is at brettrobbo1. That's also where I share a lot of my videos, a lot of posts, a lot of informative aspects of holistic well-being, mindset, breathwork, all of that kind of stuff there too. If you haven't listened to the first episode with Gemma Lee, I highly recommend you do because we cover a lot of topics. And like I said, I had a lot of feedback of people loving that episode. We covered topics like ancestral nutrition, how your food choices are impacting your physical, mental and emotional well-being, tips to improve your overall well-being and of course, understanding menstrual cycles because Gemma Lee is an experienced and awesome menstrual cycle coach. And I can tell you now that was super helpful for me and the feedback I got from some guys who listened to this also agreed and they wanted to hear more as well. So in this episode, we discuss how to generate sustainable energy from within and achieve big goals and visions in your life, meaning you don't have to burn out in the process. So you're generating sustainable energy from within and achieving your big goals and visions without burning out. We also discuss how to optimize your relationships from a masculine, feminine, yin-yang energy perspective, why it's important to be open to changing your beliefs, why frustration, blame, comparison, and all those other disempowering energies and actions are not normal 
even though we as humans think they're normal and what you can do about it. Poo. (laughs) We talk about poo and how tracking your poo is actually a great way to help you feel more energized from within and what answers it can give you about your health. We cover some daily non-negotiables to help bring you into and keep you in alignment and plenty more other great topics and strategies to help keep sorry to help you make empowering habit changes in your life. In this episode Gemma also briefly mentions a really tough process that she went through last year and we didn't dive into it deeper. Her and I actually chatted about it a lot offline uh, before I pressed record but she and I didn't know she was going to go there in this episode but she did but I didn't dive into it deeper with her but it's a topic that deserves more exploration and she's actually openly discussed this on her own podcast in episode number 102 on her episode on her podcast so if you want to hear more about that after you hear hear this chat and and hear what she drops and discusses, then please jump onto her podcast called The Well Woman Podcast. She's had hundreds of people reach out to her after she shared that episode. And a slight tangent, not just on a quick note, I've created a free guide based on feedback that I've had from a lot of listeners, a lot of followers, a lot of people that I work with, a lot of clients, and also myself knowing what works really well. And I've created this free guide to help you create positive change in your life. And it's three powerful habits that you can use every day in your busy life to reduce frustration, get you in flow, and increase personal success. So this free guide also includes a habit tracker with some other key areas of your life that will help you generate more energy and improve your personal well-being when you focus on those other areas as well as the three key habits. So you can download that at brettrobbo.com forward slash three powerful habits. That's with the number three. And you can find the direct link to that in the show notes uh, of this episode. Uh, It's highlighted. Just simply click on that link and it will take you straight to where you can download that guide. Okay, now let's hear from the legend herself, Gemma Lee. Gemma Lee, welcome back to Your Life of Impact. Brett Robinson, thank you for having me again. (laughs) (laughs) It's an absolute pleasure. And I said that I was going to get you back on anyway. At the end of the last podcast, I asked people to reach out if they wanted to hear more from you. And some of the things that people said were, that episode made my top 10 best podcasts listened to in 2020. And and that was from a guy. So top 10 of all the podcasts I I listened to. Yeah. Uh, another lady said, oh my God, this woman is amazing. I just started checking out her Instagram and she's exactly what's been missing in my life. Thank you, Robbo. <laughs> and we're Ooh, just having a bit I of a laugh like about too. your Instagram. So I can understand <laughs> how people are attracted to that. And then another one, absolutely love your podcast and would love more to, would love to hear more from Gemma Lee. Bloody fantastic content. Would love to hear more about any of the topics touched on. So that was just a few of the things that were mentioned. Well, for the listeners, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for coming back if you've come back. And if, you ha- if, you, if you're here and you haven't listened to the first one, you have to go listen to the next, like go listen to the first one before you listen to this so you get the full story. Exactly. Absolutely. So a couple of things have changed since then. One thing is that 
I'm here in Sweden now and you're in, so I'm a little bit rugged up and it's minus 22 outside this morning at the moment and you're there in sunny Gold Coast again when we did the first episode and you said it's pretty hot. It's hot. It feels about a thousand percent humidity right now and just a visual for everyone. I'm sitting here in white pants and they're probably see-through because I'm so sweaty. (laughs) (laughs) And just a visual for everyone. We're doing this on Zoom and I can see Gemma, but I can only see from about her belly button up. So I can't see those sweaty white pants. (laughs) But another thing that has changed also since we last chatted and uh, once again, for everyone who hasn't listened to that episode, Gemma's an expert in a lot. Sorry, not expert. We actually touched on that. You are working in the space you're very very passionate about a lot of it is about women's cycles and it just blew my mind how much we learned in that one little episode and how much more it is to learn but one thing you said at the end of the episode was i i think i need to make a podcast for men educating them on how to uh, communicate better with their daughters and feel connected to their daughters and at that time i didn't know but now i know i'm actually going to be the father of a daughter. So I am (laughs) extremely, extremely grateful for the work that you do even more so than before. Thanks Robbo. Um, It's interesting, especially connecting with fathers already, even if they're just friends who are fathers who have daughters, it's such, it's not until you all of a sudden are a father of a daughter, you're like, oh my God, where's the book for me to read about this? (laughs) I need to learn how to like, be a great dad so we can talk about these things. And it was only actually about two weeks ago, um, a friend of mine who is a male messaged me and I know him and his daughter very well. We've done a bit of overseas travel together as like, you know, families. And he um, he's like, oh, my God, my daughter just got her period. And I was like, I'm so excited. Do you know what to do? <laughs> do you know what to do? Um, and he does, like, And I just think it's one of the arts that I think all fathers could really evolve further with and bond with their daughters over by forming a good relationship by, you know, bridging the awkwardness of like period talk. Mm, By the time my daughter gets to that stage, she'll be born in in less than, (laughs) she's due in 10 days from right now of this recording. So by the time she has her first period, uh, I'll be a pro because that podcast you mentioned will be out, which will be turned into courses and programs and it will be normal for fathers to know an abundance of uh, knowledge and how to approach the situation and support their daughters through. Mm-hmm. Plenty of time for me to get that done. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. No pressure, but you did promise it. <laughs> yes. Okay. I've got at least seven years. Got it. <laughs> so two main topics that people wanted to hear uh, more about from you and I say two more as you saw one of those ones was would love to hear more about any of the topics touched on one of the people said but two main topics were generating energy from within for busy people because we kind of touched on that and also optimizing relationships so I want to kick off talking about uh, optimizing relationships. And I want to start by prefacing for everyone listening that we're not oh, actually, I'm not a relationship coach. Are you a relationship coach? Is that one a of body your relationship coach? Maybe you could, uh-huh. you could kind of evolve that like a relationship with your body, but no, I'm not a relationship coach. Not a certified if, if relationship if we're coach. About or... Romantic partners or friendship relationships. No, that's not my area of expertise, but relationships are important. 
<laughs> well, I definitely had a fair few. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I wanted to preface by saying that we're talking about this from a perspective of understanding humans and two humans together and um, and not necessarily so mostly about obviously you know people think romantic relationships but we have so many relationships in our lives and when we understand how to navigate life from a human behavioral perspective and and from different perspectives that's why i wanted to sort of dive into that and that's why i think it probably came up from the listeners because they heard us kind of mention it and talk about and i said how much just that one little workshop that marie did with you and how that has come into topics of conversation and helped us from a masculine feminine kind of way just in one small little area so i'm not surprised that that's a it's a um it's a part of what has come up but in the last episode you also mentioned that you have uh the cycle tracker for men as part of one of your programs to help us understand <laughs> our partner's cycles and masculine and feminine energies uh a little bit better so maybe we can start around that how can the the men listening kind of understand the their partner um a little bit better from from that perspective and actually let me just say then too not just on the cycle tracking but also masculine and feminine let's dive into that okay i oh so juicy i'm like where do i start i know so with 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 relationships you know, having worked with women in women's health, specifically just women's health for the last eight years, I think a lot of women get really caught up in the self-relationship that like, oh, I'm a woman. And so it's important for me to be feminine. And then they end up, most of the women I work with are extremely masculine or have been living quite masculine lives. And that's, you know, a contributing factor to imbalance in the body because, you know, if you have all this energy but no rest, that's an imbalance. And it's much the same if you have all this yang and no rest of yin, then that's an imbalance. And if you have all this masculine and no feminine, that's also an imbalance. And so it's about creating harmony. And with cyclical living, everything in your cycle, whether it's a male's 24-hour cycle or a female's roughly 28-day cycle, we'll just call it a menstrual cycle, we all have these ebbs and flows but it's about understanding the balance or a happy balance, your harmonious balance within yourself and then your partner. So if we look at it as a romantic, um, actually any relationship. So if I look at this with my brother, you know, I'm the oldest of four, very close with my siblings. And um, recently a friend said to me, wow, you do a lot of things with your siblings. And I said, yeah, that's because those relationships are really important to me. So if I look at my brother and I, The same example can be applied to my best friend and I, and it can be applied to a romantic partner if I had one of those two. So the harmony is if I understand my harmonious balance of my own energy, whether it's my restful energy, my playful energy, you could call it your yin and yang or your masculine and feminine. If I understand that for myself and the other person in the relationship understands theirs, we're able to come to a harmonious I guess you could say union. And an example I always, I don't, I can't remember whether I mentioned this in the last episode, but when it comes to masculine and feminine in a relationship, a romantic relationship, it still applies to all things. But let's just say you're out on a date. You know, you could be a new date, a new relationship, or you could have been together for 25 years and you're on a date. Masculine and feminine, the balance is really important at all stages of relationships. Because if you're going out for dinner and 
this is a hypothetical, but let's say it's a heterosexual relationship. There's a male and, the, and a woman. And the man says to the woman, where would you like to go for dinner? And the female's like, oh, you know what? I'm just really fast. Just like, we can go anywhere. I don't mind. And the guy's like, oh, but what do you feel like? And she's like, oh, you know, I don't know, maybe something just light and like fresh. And he's like thinking, holy fuck, like, how am I supposed to pick a place to go out for that? But if he was then to make a decision, he's the leader in that relationship in that moment, not all the time, just in that moment. And so he's stepping into his masculine to be like, I'm going to make the masculine decision because the, the female is in her feminine. But if the roles are reversed, and the male is like, oh, look, I don't mind. Let's just let's just pick something really easy. And the woman's like, let's just make a freaking decision on where we're going to eat. Then the woman is in her masculine and the male is in his feminine. And when you don't understand your own inner balance, you literally can clash with the other person. So if this woman is in her masculine because she's literally spent the whole day with her kids, she's home, this is a hypothetical, but she's homeschooling, she's prepping the food, she's organising the grocery list, she's cleaning the house and she's getting shit done, she's living in her masculine. And that's not a bad thing because we need the masculine to be the driving force of, you know, certain situations. But if she goes out for dinner on her date night with her lovely partner of 15 years and he's like, oh, honey, look, you just make the decision. It's totally fine. (laughs) And she's like, if I have to make another freaking decision today, you know, (laughs) and that's because there's an imbalance. You know, she's wanting to drop into her feminine because she's been living in her masculine all day. And she's hoping that her male partner will step into his masculine so she can be fully supported and allow the situation to evolve. And that's just one example of feminine and masculine coming in together to generate like good energy for people in relationships. But the same can happen in, in girlfriends. Like, so if me and my girlfriend go out for dinner and you know, I'm like, where do you want to go for dinner? And she's like, oh, I don't mind. Where do you want to go for dinner? I'm like, oh, I'm not fussed either. You'll literally stand in the street for 20 minutes having the same conversation and not getting anywhere because you're both in your feminine. And it's not until someone goes, you know what, let's just go here and makes that masculine step up to make the decision that then the relationship will flow for the rest of the evening. You did talk about that a little bit because in the last episode in a different kind of way, because I actually brought it up and said, Marie and I used to be hopeless for that, where we would both be indecisive and indecisive and indecisive. And and I've learned to kind of step into my masculine when I'm reading that energy from, from Marie, as opposed to thinking, oh, we're bloody hopeless and we're bloody indecisive. It's understanding it from that different perspective. So you talk about there about the harmony. What is it? how do we know what's our, how to find that harmony? So like you said, a lot of females uh, and I, and I think about Marie too, and I even you, like you're a very driven doer, go-getter, probably operate a lot in your masculine, a lot of inspiring females um, in my life are like that. And how do you know from a personal perspective that you have that harmony? How, what are your kind of checkpoints to ensure that you are bringing harmonious aspects into your life? This is such a good question because a lot of people will ask me, well, what is balance and how do I achieve this balance? And everyone's balance is uniquely different, just like everyone's pupil is uniquely different, their fingerprint is uniquely different, their cycle as a menstrual cycle is uniquely different to the person. And you laughed the other day because I did a post and in the post it was like, what do all these things have in common? About bums, bellies, yonis, minds, menstrual cycles, hormones. And it was that they were all unique. 
And it comes back to how do I know? So I just look at, okay, what does health mean to me? And it's one of the core starting questions I ask in the Well Women Academy that I run. Like, okay, what does health mean to you? And what does healthy feel like for you? And then what does healthy look like for you? And for me, it's all about balance and ease, living in balance and ease. And so for me, if I feel like I'm in balance for the day and I'm at ease, it means that things just feel correct. They feel right. Nothing is overforced. I'm not imbalanced in the sense of like I'm not agitated. I'm not frustrated. I'm just kind of at peace and harmony with, you know, my day. That's when I know I'm imbalanced. And the more you get connected with your intuition and on a menstrual cycle side, I'd say to a woman, a menstruator, the more you're connected with that innate intuition of your of yourself, the more you're able to know when something is in alignment and something is out of alignment. So that's when you can pick up whether something's in flow or out of flow. But for those who are like, but I still don't know, if you are at all frustrated, agitated, excuse the language, bitching, <laughs> complaining, comparing, there's an imbalance present. And in Ayurveda, they would say, well, there's multiple imbalance um, you know, systems. You could have um, imbalance in the mind. You could have an imbalance in the body. You could have an imbalance in digestion. So you get physical body versus digestion. And for me, I automatically know, speaking about digestion, if my poo is out, there's, a, there's an imbalance present. You know, and you know the same for your child. You know, if your child's poo is out or all of a sudden they're not eating as much as they normally do, there's an imbalance. Mm. And it's easy for us to notice that sometimes in children and others before we notice it in ourselves, but we are able to notice it in ourselves. It is possible. We just need to be present with moments. And when we do that, we can see, okay, I'm imbalanced or I'm in balance. And when you're in a relationship and you get to know each other very, very well. If you have good, open, clear communication, which I feel is a foundation for a successful and beautiful long-term relationship, is that you can say to your partner, look, there's something going on today. I'm not really sure what it is, but something's out of balance here. You know, go take some time and check in with yourself about that. <laughs> So do you have a poo tracker in the same way that you have a cycle tracker? <laughs> I do. I do. I track my shit. Um, I do. I track that on my menstrual cycle tracker. Yeah. And I, I said that in a laughing way, but knew that it would be true because the stuff <laughs> that true. I've done, the work that I do with functional medicine practitioner, Carl Hewen and the programs that we ran, a big part of that, of the understanding is also around what it looks like because you know that and, uh, and there's a, the scale from one to five and where you sit on that scale or one to 10, some of them where you sit on that scale. And, you know, when you're in the right place, you know, you're eating the right foods and your body's responding well and enzymatically you're obviously doing well. And then if it scales either side, then, you know, okay, so that's a sign from within mm. that I need to make some shifts again. So it makes sense that you track your poo. Thank you for that. <laughs> you're welcome. Poo is a really good one because everybody shits. Yeah. Everyone, regardless of your gender, for women specifically with your menstrual cycle and guys, if you have a female partner, this listen to this too, this is important for you. But if your ladies or your woman's, whatever you want to call it, if her cycle is slightly out of whack, so it's slightly longer or slightly shorter or her bleed is extra heavy or it's painful, that's a message from the body there's an imbalance present. And so a woman's bleed every month 
is a is like a monthly health check. It's like your monthly health report that gives you an overall status of what your health has been like for the previous month. And if you've been out mentally, emotionally, physically, or nutritionally, um, even hormonally, that's going to show in your period experience. So your menstrual bleeding time. And men who are with women in serious relationships generally can tell, oh, you're about to get your period. Yeah. Or did like that? They just like you generally know, especially if you're connected, well connected. And so that's for, for ladies, that's a really good check in. For men, a really good check in if you're out of whack or out of harmony is just things just feel challenging and hard. So let's, cause you started, you mentioned that before that some of the signs, some of the checkpoints are around the frustration, the complaining, the blaming, but what about when people say, yeah, but that's normal human behavior. Like you can't live a life without that. Oh, I like that. That's a good question. I call the mind and I talk about this a lot on my own podcast, but like the itty bitty shitty committee, <laughs> you know, it just, it just lives on your shoulder. It's that committee that you don't always ask for, you know, an input from, but like that itty bitty shitty committee, it's just like, you got to do this and you're not good enough for that. And when it comes to the judgment and the mind and all of those things, oh, well, that's just life. You know, you're supposed to be worn out when you're a mother and you're supposed to have challenges in your relationship is that just remember that everyone is unique and everything is just a belief and paradigm. And if you choose to believe that you're buying into that, that's the thing. It's kind of like growing up believing that all fruit and vegetables are lollies, you know, and then all of a sudden you turn eight and you realize you go to a party and they're like, they're not lollies. These are lollies. <laughs> it's just what we, what you believe. Right. And so I'm a believer in the sense that a woman can live with a healthy menstrual cycle without period pain, without period bloating. There's a difference between uterus expansion and bloating without acne and like crappy kind of behavior. So like those mood swings and the up and down, like the roller coaster and the snappiness, it's possible. But we live in a world that's brought into the common status that everything else is normal. And so it's mm. normal to have PMS and it's normal to have period pain and it's normal, 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 normal. But my question is always, and I challenge everything, but is it really normal? Or is it really um, necessary too? So that mm. belief paradigm of, yeah, it's normal. I say, yeah, it's normal human behavior that those things can come up, but are you living your best life? Are you being brutally honest with yourself? Are you taking radical responsibility? Are you living the life you want to live? If you're always experiencing that, the blaming, the comparison, the, the frustration, the anger, all of those kind of um, paradigms. So yeah, it might be normal that it happens to humans. Absolutely. And we let's drop the judgment of it, but let's also decide if that's how you want to live your life and take that radical responsibility to shift and understand that itty bitty shitty committee. Is that what it was? You got it. You got it. You got it. It's spot on. I like, I would slightly challenge what you just said. I wouldn't say, oh, it's normal to have those experiences. I say it's common because a lot of people have them. Mm. But the question is, is it normal though? And the, the deeper question is, is that normal for you? And are you accepting that as normal? The acceptance, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's what like, I was getting at. You, yeah. it's, it's the same with kids. You know, when you know they have a little hissy fit because you've got to take the iPad off them or 
you know, they've got to leave the beach. You were just talking about that before, Lolly. Like you've got to leave the beach or we're going to come inside from playing is that, you know, how they respond is only co- like common to, to who they are based on how they're brought up. And, you know, some kids just lose their absolute bananas and have those tantrums in the store where they're like stomping their hands and their feet and they're laying belly down on the floor. But is it nor- is that normal or is it just normal for that child? And so it's the same for us as adults. I feel that we just need, I think it's a great question is to just challenge what is your normal. Okay. Let me challenge you on that then from a, from someone's perspective. <laughs> Damn it. So I agree with you, but I'm sort of putting my mind into a listener where they say, well, yeah, it is normal. I, my work, I'm around people that um, they do this wrong, they do that wrong. So it's normal for me to get frustrated. Like, how can you expect me to, or I'm a, I'm a busy entrepreneur or you know, company owner or um, busy in my work. I work a lot of hours. I've got to look after the kids or I've got to look after the, all of these kind of things. And how can you just float through life? Like it's okay for you, Robbo, sitting in Sweden and you, Gemma, in, uh, in your place in the Gold Coast. Downtown and you guys, Gold Coast. You guys live a, that kind of life where you don't have all those stresses. Like you, you don't understand my situations. What do you say to, to that kind of perspective? Oh, that's a really great question. Because with even within that thought process, I feel, and I'm not like the cognitive behavioural therapist here, but I really feel that there's a behavioural approach there and sometimes that's a little bit of pointing of blame um, or excuse or um, really just buying in to the norm. And I always say to people who find that really challenging to know that there is another story that could be written and there is another um, way that something could be lived or a habit that could be created is, you know, if you want to, and this is very broad, but if you want to, you, hopefully this doesn't offend anyone, but if you want to lose weight and you want to get active and you want to improve your overall health balance, you can't hang around people who have stinking thinking and aren't living that lifestyle themselves. So if you're seeking to do that and that's your current focus and your goal is seek guidance from someone else who's already doing that or living or walking that path. And so a lot of women, when it comes to like the menstrual cycle, they're like, but you don't understand what it's like. I've been having this for so many years and I've been trying or I've been trying to conceive for 10 years or 10 plus years and it's just not possible. And I'm always like, okay, well, that's your current thought process. Are you willing to change that? Because I believe it is possible. And it's just about getting the right support and connection of people who have already walked that path or that can teach you that there is another way and guide you by giving you the steps on how to get there. I say that the the hardest work for us humans to do is to change our belief systems because most of us live life with a, quite a rigid belief system and that's what I'm hearing you say and that's what – you can see the whiteboard behind me here. I was rubbing it off when we first started talking from client work. That's what I do. I listen to people and I write down some things that I'm hearing that's coming from their mind and I'm putting it on the whiteboard. And then we're mapping out this story that has come from their mind and their mind's going so fast. So what I'm doing is slowing it down by putting some things on the whiteboard. We 
I get them to tell the story again and to really challenge them. Well, is that the truth? Like you said, is that normal? Does it have to be that mm. way? Is it the truth? Okay, it's happened in your life, but if we ask 8 billion people on the planet that that's the truth, that you have to be reactive to that person because of that, or like let's let's take that radical responsibility, like you said, not to say you're on your own here and good luck, but support, accountability, but a realization that the life that you are living, that you believe you have to live and it's the only way and it's stressful and it's busy and there's no other way and everything in relationship to like what we said, of course, we're going to be um, reactive towards partners or of course, I'm not going to feel well around my period or of course, I have to feel this. Of course, I have to feel that. Okay, that's okay that you have that belief, but let's just challenge it because it's not normal. And like you said, you believe there is a different way. I'm the same where I have all of these open, um, optimistic beliefs of how the world should not should operate or drop short of how the world can Good. operate, of how we can yeah. live our life. And why not explore that? And then realize that, okay, that's a paradigm that we can actually experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To give a physical example for that, I think if you're listening to this and you're like, no, nah, it's not possible, like you can't change those things, you know, I can't go from being an endurance performer to being a sprinter. Like I can't do that. Like I've been endurance for 15, 20 years. I can't possibly just change all of a sudden is everything takes time. It's kind of like learning to walk. It takes time. You can't rush that. Like you're not going to pop the chart out and all of a sudden it's standing and running on the first day. It's it's a growth phase. But as adults, we expect things to happen so instantly. And we live in a very instant-based world. However, think about it in the sense of how you write with your hands. So if you write with your right hand, when you're creating a habit and a change and you're like, I can't possibly write with my left, I can assure you that you can write with your left. You just have to give it enough time. And I'll never forget when I broke my right arm after swinging out of a tree when I was a child, having to do everything with your left, it's hard for the first few you know, days, if not the first week. But over time, your body starts to learn this muscle memory of like, oh, this is how you do it. And you improve and you get better. It is possible, but rewriting those habits and creating those behavioral shifts and changes, it just takes time. And something that I always thought is that meditation is really hard. You know, I always thought Mm. meditating is really hard and you can't quieten the mind and it's just impossible to do. And I used to be a meditator who would meditate sometimes, you know, like I meditated, but I wasn't like a consistent, like consistently meditated. I didn't have a consistent practice. And it wasn't until I went through a traumatic experience last year that I just decided that I was going to have a seated meditation practice so I could highly connect with my spiritual awareness that every day now I went from thinking it's too hard, it's impossible to be able to sit for 30 minutes without listening to any guidance, just sit and do so every day for the last three and a half months. And now when I miss a day, which has only happened once, (laughs) I feel like I've let myself down. But I came from a thought process of being a 34-year-old who's like, that's too hard, I can't change that. Mm. But the more you sit with the uncomfortability of change, the more comfortable you'll become. And what you said there about your your spiritual awareness 
is sharpening your skill of intuition, which is what you mentioned before, which relates back to what we're talking about in both aspects of optimizing relationships and the generating of energy within. So that awareness and that intuition is you understanding how you feel and what changes are happening in the moment for you to become aware of that. And then through the belief shifting and a lot of other tools that we've spoken about is then making the conscious choice to make a change because if it's not in alignment with who you are and who you want to be and how you want to experience life then we can make a choice to make a change totally and even just with that question about generating energy from within is that a lot of people have the perception that it has to be like this physical exertion of energy like I need to create all of this extra stuff energetically so I can exert all of this so I can be a bigger better broader brighter person but I really feel that creating energy from within is just knowing yourself so well that you do things that create the balance and harmony for yourself even when you're busy in inverted brackets I prefer to say productive than busy but when you're productive or even when you're going through like a life challenge um you know, like my best friend at the moment is 28 weeks pregnant and she's moving house, also getting divorced all at the same time. It's like, Mm. (laughs) you know, but it's possible to generate energy in a, like a moment by moment basis when you're connected with that. And to be able to do so in an optimizing way is just knowing that you can rather than telling yourself that you can't. (laughs) So that's the first step, knowing that you can. But then give me an example then based on how you would do that in those busy, challenging times. Like what is it that, okay, I know I can, but then what do I do? Okay, so I'll give a practical example. Um, One of the greatest things I learned through Ayurveda as an Ayurvedic coach is the process of Dinacharya. And I kind of mentioned this a little bit before when we were chatting before we hit record. And Dhinacharya is a Sanskrit word for daily practice or daily routine or daily method. It could translate to a few different things. But your, de- your daily Dhinacharya are the, the non-negotiable things you do on a daily basis that bring you into alignment. Mm-hmm. Quite, it's quite simple. Like yep. the things you do on a daily basis that bring you into alignment. And um, last year I went through um, a termination a pregnancy termination, and I was in not a very great place. But the number one thing that got me through trauma, that trauma was my daily method of operation. And it doesn't have to look fancy. (laughs) It also didn't cost much money. It was every day I focus on moving my body in some way. And sometimes it's laying on my back, stretching for 20 minutes, and it's two poses because I don't have the mental and emotional energy to do anything more. Sometimes it's listening to music and dancing. Sometimes it's going for a walk. Sometimes it's connecting with friends and family and, you know, going to a yoga class or hiking or something like that. But it's every day I move my body. Every day I eat at least two meals that are vibrant and colourful. So I'm not saying you can't not eat out. You can't, you know, go on a holiday. You have to have a restrictive diet. It's just eating bright and colourful food. Every day I drink clean water, regardless of where I am in the world. Every day I take my supplements. Every day I write in my daily gratitude journal. Every day I go to the toilet. (laughs) Every day I sit and I empty my mind. 
every day I spend time in nature, whether that's just looking at the sky from your window because it's raining or snowing outside and you can't go outside, or whether it's laying under the sun or laying belly down on the grass. Um, every day I connect with nature. Um, every day I, oh, there's like a huge list, but these are just the non-negotiables. Mm. And the funny thing is that a lot of people feel like these are habits that you have to have and you've got to write a list and you've got to tick them off every day. But if you just every week focused on one new non-negotiable and just did that one non-negotiable every day, it'll become a habit and then you can add another one and then you can add another one. And they're the things, your daily practice, your daily method of operation that will bring you back to balance because it will support you through harmony. And I know a lot of men really enjoy this. It's like the cyclical 24 hour nature. That's kind of like groundhog day. It's kind of like the same thing every day, but it's flexible, like the feminine flow. So you're allowing yourself to change how you move your body. You're allowing yourself to be like, you know, what? I'm going out for breakfast and I'm going to have pancakes. Then I'm going to make a salad for lunch and I'm going to have roast for dinner. You know, you're allowing yourself the flexibility, which is the feminine essence of yourself. And you're doing that with a masculine approach of making sure that they're non-negotiables and you're applying them regardless of your situation. So I have a van and often I'll do a van trip. I still apply these same principles even if I'm sleeping in my van <laughs> or if I'm sleeping at home or if I'm at a friend's house or if it's Christmas Day. Yeah, I talk about the the how, when you've got the foundation. So what you the, from the Ayurvedic perspective and the way that I put it in terms of from the, the foundations of what you need to do or what you can do on a regular basis to help keep you in alignment. And mm. I look at it in a couple of different perspectives. And one is like what you said: if you're traveling in the van, or if you're at home, or if you're anywhere in the world, you know you've got these things with you. And when you develop these helpful, healthy, supportive foundations. There is many that you can take with you everywhere you go and a lot of them you can do when you have nothing on your plate and you're holidaying and you're enjoying life and you can still do them when you are super busy or like I, I'm the same as you. I'm never busy. I'm always productive, but people do live busy, quote unquote, busy lives. Mm. There is these things that you can do every day to, to feel energized from within and support you so you're not going to burn out reactiveness all of those things that become quote unquote normal so you can see here the cycle that where people do say to you yeah but it's normal because i'm surrounded by these people of course i'm reactive yes it's normal for me to experience this because i am busy okay that's your normal at the moment but in actual fact you're a human you can live this productive life getting a lot of stuff done and feel energized from within by not just knowing about these foundations that work best for you, but also actioning them. And they are Why? the simple things. So we look at things like, what are you doing that you can already, what are you already doing that you can do a little bit better? Like the nutrition, like you said, like the water, like your sleep, you're already sleeping. How can you sleep better? You're already drinking. How can you drink better? You're already eating. How can you eat better? You're already thinking. How can you think better? And so then we can expand on those a little bit. 1% like marginal gains. It's just doing these little things consistently well. And like with your meditation practice, 
it would have been hard for you because your belief was that meditation was hard and to sit Mm -hmm. down again and do like a consistent meditative practice. And now if you miss it, you're like, holy shit, I'm not myself now because it's become that so habitual, but it's because of the feelings that you get from that. It's not just like, oh, tick that box, tick that box, tick that box. We respond to how we feel and the, the optimal changes that are in alignment with that. Totally. I couldn't have said it better. It's really about applying. Like you can have all the knowledge in the world, but without action, knowledge means nothing. And it can be foreseen as challenging, but everything can be a challenge if you allow it to be a challenge. And these foundations, they're non-negotiable. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, how do I even apply this or even take a process to create something like this? And I'm sure, Robo, you've got your own ways. I always say to people, write a list of all the things you love to do. Mm. Just write a list of the things. Write a list of the things you love to do. Write a list of the things that when you do them in your day, they actually make your day better. So even though some people are like, oh, Gemma's got such an easy life. Sometimes I work from 6 a.m. to like 10 p.m. at night and I can have the approach to that day the same. I can have an approach to a day that I just spend the whole day at the beach because I'm applying the same principles on both days. I'm actually giving my body the nurturing love and support that it, that it needs to be in balance. And so, yes, I might make sure that I don't exert myself energetically through physical action as much on a really productive work day as what I might if I've got the whole day off work. Mm. So it's about being in that flow and allowing state where you're like, these are just the non-negotiables. How I action them out can change on a daily basis. And it's interesting with meditation because I feel like a lot of meditation, and you know this so well, it's so largely beneficial to everybody because we live in this world and my um my yoga teacher mark talks a lot about aversion and the fact that we're so surrounded by aversion and need and to have sex is just like an aversion and to crave your chocolate and to want more things and to have a bigger house and get a bigger car and have a a newer phone and all of this stuff is just sensory overdrive and we're just so overfilled with senses and It's one reason why when I choose to sit, I don't even like calling it meditation. It's just like a connected seated practice that I choose to not have anything because it just allows my senses to rest, just like you would rest your body. Mm. And for those listening who might find that challenging is every time a thought pops into my mind, because you can't stop that, the mind is active. You're just guiding the mind and training the mind to slow down, to take a rest. Every thought, I'm just like, oh, thinking, every thought, literally every thought, what am I going to make for dinner? Oh, thinking. (laughs) And I will do that for 30 minutes and then I'll go to yoga for an hour and a half. Mm. So it is possible, but it's also about getting good support. So even though you might have this daily dinner chai or this foundational um, approach, is that if you're in a relationship and you live with a partner or you have a family or you live in a share house or you live with your parents or you're traveling is get support from the people around you. Because if you're not feeling fully supported, you're not going to allow new things to evolve. And a number of women that I work with, with their cycles, even though they're doing the work, if their partners aren't supporting them with the work, you know, the little itty bitty things that they say about like, oh, is your period coming? 
literally, if someone says that to me, I look at them and I'm like, would you like a slap across the face? (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, that's very unsupportive. Yeah, I was just going to say, why would that be your response? Like I want to know from a personal perspective, but it's, it's because of that unsupportive aspect. Is it because of the judgment element? And, and it's, it's one, I'm a joker. Like I'm quite <laughs> quirky. I like to think I'm quite quirky and fun and, you know, I, I'm very good at a good old dad joke here and there. But, you know, when someone says that to you, it's very, it's judging and it's um, criticizing and you're putting shame on the fact that, you know, you're about to get your period. Mm. Well, actually that's a beautiful art. And sometimes I'll say to people, and it depends who the person is, you know, I've had some bad encounters where like, you know, especially like dating and they're like, Oh, what do you do for work? Women's health. Well, really what kind of women's health? I'm like, Oh, you know, like that'll evolve. And I'll like, I'll fill you in later. And and he's like, no, no, tell me, tell me. And I'm like, I teach women about periods and menstruation and natural contraception and ovulation. And they're like, Oh, right. Isn't that like just, something that's not really meant to be talked about. (laughs) And it's just interesting. Like I would say to someone, I'm like, well, actually you do know that you exist because of a period. (laughs) And they're like, oh yeah. And I said, so basically everyone exists because of this, but no one talks about it and Mm. you're just shaming it. Or you've said something about this or, you know, you're making someone else feel uncomfortable about something that's completely natural. Mm. So if someone was to say, oh, you're about to get your period, you know, I would literally jokingly say, would you like a slap across the face? Or I'd say something like, I might just be able to, like, I might just soon get my period, but you're about to get a slap across the face. Yeah, <laughs> just, jo- just jokingly. And so what I'm hearing now, understanding that is that that joking aspect of, would you like a, crap, a slap across the face is actually <laughs> you saying, oh, that's an interesting belief you have. Let me help you shift that belief. Yeah, paradigm. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's because um, or I could ask the question, really, why is, why is that? Mm. You know, and they'd be like, oh, because of this, this, and this. I'm like, oh, that's a bit labeling or that's a bit judgmental or, you know, that's a bit critiquing or it's a bit rude to ask in that abrupt way. You know, mm. is there a nicer way you could ask that question? Is there a more supportive way you could ask that question? You mentioned a lot in the last episode about how important it is for women to track their cycles and, you know, easing through certain parts of it. And, you know, we talked about elite athletes, but also people in general and the busy female and and still trying to hustle and grind through certain um, days of the cycle and how that can, you know, make things even more challenging and abrupt. So if anyone's listening and wanting to know more information, either listen to that episode or go and follow Gemma and get a good laugh and a hell of a lot of knowledge on Instagram. But what I'm interested, because we've touched here in this episode about the the energy um, perspective in the masculine and feminine and, you know, harmony and dropping in and out. My gorgeous wife, Marie was an elite athlete and training for the Olympics in the 20 kilometer race walk, which is a massive endurance event, lots of demand on the body. What, when you live a life like that, so that's an elite athlete perspective, but I'm also talking to now the female um, hustler and grinder and might be very successful in business or in work, how much challenge does that put on the ability to shift back into harmony in that masculine feminine energy or the yin and yang when you when you operate so much from that masculine and, and grind to get to where you're at? It's a really good question. I like to think of it in the sense of 
you've got all this energy and you rate it to 100%. And when you are an elite athlete like that, and just a side note, I love how you always say my gorgeous wife. Well, it's the truth. (laughs) I know it is. She's absolutely gorgeous and beautiful and stunning and smart and all of these things. But I just just wanted to say I really love how you say that literally every time you talk about it. Oh, yes, my gorgeous wife. Um, But when it, like, so if you think of your energy and you've got 100% to exert, you know, if you go to 120, you burn out. You know, 150, you burn out. You know, if you go to like 90, you're kind of pretty exhausted. I like to think of um, athletes when they're fully exerted, they've, they're like at the 99.9% mark. And to bring that body and that cycle back into balance, you have to allow 100% of rest. So if you're exerting 99.9%, then you need to rest 99.9% to recover. And by doing that, you're actually allowing the yin aspect to take over of the yang aspect, ah, the yang aspect. So it's possible. It just takes time. So with athletes, let's just say, especially with Olympic athletes, you know, they're training for years. So if, if a woman is menstruating and she's been told to go on the contraceptive pill hypothetically, because, you know, it's going to regulate her ovulation, dull it down. She's not going to ovulate ideally. Then she's going to have an aomenorrhea bleed, which is a non-ovulatory bleed you know, she's literally suppressing that part of herself. And the longer you suppress your cycle or your natural menstrual cycle, the longer it can take to come back into balance. Yeah. It's kind of like the longer you lock the dog up inside, the longer it's going to take for the dog to get used to being outside. Mm-hmm. So the longer you suppress this cycle, the longer the integration of allowing it to come back naturally mm. may take. So with athletes and women, if they've got that goal, I think it's amazing. But just know what that could mean for your body as a female as opposed to a male's body. Mm-hmm. So a menstruator's body versus a non-menstruating body is that you are creating some form of suppression. And for some athletes, that you know they can drop back into flow really, really quickly, but then for others it can take a lot longer. So it just takes time and patience And if you connect to those daily principles, those foundations, and you apply just as much yin and you're just as passionate about applying those yin qualities as what what you were as applying those yang qualities, then you're going to create um, balance and harmony. So if you think of another way you can look at it is if in a 24-hour day you've got to apply 50% yang and 50% yin and then use that um, like philosophy to create harmony in your daily life, then if you look at yourself as an elite athlete and you're like, okay, I've got five years of applying yang, you know, cause I'm planning for the next round of Olympics and I've got to go through all these other stages to get there, whether it's like nationals, internationals, Commonwealth games, whatever it might be, is that, well, it might, you might need to also then dedicate five years to yin. If you've dedicated five years to yang now, mm. normally it doesn't take that long, but with food, when I studied um, like nutrition and was learning about gluten, you know, it can take seven to 10 years for your gut to come into like effect of what you ate seven to 10 years ago. Mm. But it doesn't take seven to 10 years to heal. To if heal you apply, it, yeah. yeah. If you apply healing correctly. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I got leaky gut, you know, that came from seven to 10 years ago but I did very vigorous, very, very restrictive eating for a whole year. And I brought myself back to balance because I didn't want to take five to seven years to bring Mm. myself back to balance. 
So it's really your approach um, to healing. And I guess the same can be applied to any male athletes who go through an injury. (laughs) You know, if you're like pushing yourself and exerting so much on a yang quality basis and that full masculine is coming out, if you're not applying your yin too, that's when injury can occur. Yeah. And as you were talking through that, I thought, well, that's, you know, the philosophy when I spent a lifetime in high performance sport and from a coaching and a therapist perspective was uh, recovery is actually more important than the training because from an adaptability perspective, you won't adapt as much from your hard training if you don't recover as well. And from a sustainability perspective, you won't sustain as an athlete if you don't recover so well. And so when I think about that in terms of people who aren't athletes that you and I work with and that are listening to this podcast, but they're like, man, I've got, I'm driven. I know these goals and visions that I want to achieve and I'm going to get there and I'm hearing you, but I've got to hustle and grind to get there. It's like, well, you don't actually have to hustle and grind. You can be driven. You can dedicate yourself like you with some of those really long days definitely do that. Absolutely. But also understand that throughout that day, if you tap into some of these foundations that we were talking about, and this is what I'm working with people as well around, you know, breathing, um, like mental and emotional shifts, a lot of the the earthing, the grounding, all of these kind of things, it will ensure that you are not getting to that 150% and burnout. You will achieve your goals and visions. You'll actually, you can far out exceed them operating still from a lot of yin. And this is something that I've learned a lot over the processes and it's become a part of my mantras over the last year or so too, is that, um, you know, I, I have specific affirmations that I repeat and I know that they are true because I'm operating more from my yin. I now know that I have more to give and I'm impacting people's lives more. I'm a better coach because I operate more from my yin. So I've, I've been in those times where I didn't, know that and didn't believe that and didn't even realize that I wasn't doing it because I always said I'm an optimistic lover of life and I always feel energetic and everything. But I was actually, you know, grinding and and stressed to a sense without even feeling or saying that I'm stressed, but understanding when I look back at it now, oh, that's why my sleep was interrupted. Oh, that's why I had these couple of little gut issues that showed up in the gut health testing that I did. Oh, that that makes sense. So it all kind of plays in and and is definitely connected. There's no disconnect to it all as humans where we're such that that connected being that it all plays out in either way. Mhm. You're so spot on. I'll never forget like a long-term partner of mine, an ex-partner, is a physical prep coach and worked with a lot of like high-level athletes and something you would always say is that, you know, you need to rest twice as much as you, as you move. Mm. And so he would always bring that into a stretching sense is like, you need to stretch for twice as long as you're exercising. So if you're training for an hour a day, you need to stretch for two hours a day. And, you know, some of the athlete camps I'd go on, they'd be like, stretch for two hours. (laughs) Like, (laughs) no, that's wasting time. But, um, and then Amber, like a mutual friend of ours, you know, she says to me, Gemma, you need to, you need to rest twice as hard as you play. <laughs> and it's, it's so true. I, you can bring this into like a female um, sense that, and this is something that a lot of women really struggle with when it comes to understanding your menstrual cycle and get becoming cyclically aware is that your menstrual cycle, let's just round it off to four weeks. So 28 days, two weeks of that is yang and two weeks of that is yin. 
if you yang the whole four weeks, mm. you will reach burnout. And this is where a lot of, I feel a lot of women have got to like the adrenal fatigue or fatigue, adrenal fatigue, chronic fatigue state or imbalance in their menstrual cycle in some way, whether that's thyroid, hyper, um, hyper, you name it, mm. or even fertility challenges. It's because there's so much yang. But when a woman, and it's always like, hell no, when you first mention this, but when a woman can adapt even just five to seven days of more yin, particularly just before they start menstruating, then over those menstrual days, they're applying more yin to their cycle so they can yang harder. <laughs> hmm. So like I know in my own, um, I'm by far not an athlete, but in my own yoga practice is that I know that in my ovulation yang point of my cycle, I can go much harder in my practice. I have stronger lines in my practice. I can hold handstands and forearm balances a lot longer than what I can in those natural yin rhythm times of my menstrual cycle. So Mm -hmm. I'm not telling my body it's yinning. My body is just naturally yinning. And when you apply those um, life principles to the yinning side of your body, new yin with the yin, you can actually go harder in your yang. So you, you end up yanging when you yang and you end up yinning when you yin. And that creates ultimate like balance and harmony. And one of the biggest questions I recently got asked by a client to bring men into this equation is, my client, I've been working for a bit with her for roughly three or four months and her boyfriend, um, long-term boyfriend said, this is not fair. How come we don't have a cycle? How can I be having a cycle <laughs> like you so I can have a yin and yang, you know, not just throughout the day, but like, you know, have different weeks too. And my suggestion to him was that why don't you run your two-week yang and your two-week yin, mm. yin in connection with your partners? And what that means is that when it's, social date night kind of yang energy you're both on that flow Mm. so when the female is resting for her bleed time and her inner winter which is the menstrual time of your cycle the male can also take that as rest time so if the if men are always like oh how how do i you know get in on this (laughs) you can actually sync up with you know, with your partner. And I always encourage the partners to like, keep your cycle tracker on the fridge, you know, make it visible for everybody in the family or the household. And that's how men can connect with it. But if you don't have a partner and you're a male and, you know, you don't have anyone to sync with, you can just do that yourself and apply that every month. The first week of the month is my yin week or the last week of the month is my yin week, whatever, like, however it works for you. But that will help you on a work sense with your driven goals. If you have the ambition to like smash this new program out of the park and I'm going to do all this marketing, <laughs> you know, you can go harder in those yang weeks and then you give yourself time to, to rest. And it's not that rest twice as much as what you're going hard, but it's applying enough yin to your yang. And as I hear you talking about that, a reminder to myself of recent time was where I've done that uh, intuitively when I said a while ago, I will optimal minimal of training because I want to get more out of, I was, you know, building a lot throughout the company and like learning a lot and coaching a lot and all that kind of stuff. And I love my training, but if I trained as hard through those periods of time, I would burn myself out. And how do I know that? Because I've burnt myself out doing that. So it happened. It happened. Yes. And I, towards the back end of last year, because we knew we were moving here to Sweden, there was a lot of things coming up and I was quite, um, I actually caught myself at one stage and said, okay, I'm a little bit disappointed because here I, I'm actually busy. 
Usually I'm productive and there's good harmony, but I'm busy right now. But I was still training and still moving and everything. But I said, a couple of my clients, I said, how do you do it all? And I said, if I told you how little I trained, you probably wouldn't believe me because, but I'm still super healthy, super active, super mobile, but I'm not training hard. Like if you looked at me and said, well, you know, you must be training hard. Actually, no, I'm not. Like I'm training in full alignment. I know what I can handle. I know what my body needs. I, I trust everything. So bringing in that um, from a personal perspective. But actually what we should have mentioned here just before, if you could just give us a quick debrief, <laughs> what is yin and yang for everyone listening going, what the fuck are they talking about with this yin and yang? <laughs> oh, hang on. I've lost your volume. Sorry, I'm muted. Oh, Sorry. Um, I just want to reiterate that you know a lot about yin and yang and your explanations of it are really good because I've seen you talk about this, but yin and yang is kind of, um, the, it's a term that's very Chinese. You know, we look at the yin and yang symbol and we're like, oh, it's black and it's wide or it's high or it's low. And in Ayurveda, they call these the qualities. Um, and like attracts like. So for example, um, you know, more fire on fire creates fire, right? <laughs> that's like the yang on the yang creates mm. more yang and fire on fire creates what? A bushfire that's not very good for the environment. <laughs> Same thing happens in your body. Um, but yin and yang, ultimately, I like to look at it as feminine and masculine. That's the way I like to look at yin and yang. So your yang is like the masculine qualities of yourself. And then the yin is like the feminine qualities of yourself. And when they work in harmony together, they create balance. But when there's more of one, that's kind of like the seesaw is a little bit imbalanced. And like just from what you were saying, less is really more. Yes. Like totally less is more. And an example for a lot, I feel, I don't know about this for males because I don't work with a lot of, I don't work with males at all actually, but in the past, and even speaking to males, I don't really hear about this too much. But for women, it's like, oh, if I do less, I will not have the bum that I want and I won't have the abs that I want and then my arms will get saggy and, you know, my skin's not going to have the glow that it wants. And if we tie this back into what I mentioned about the foundations, you know, the daily dinacharya, that daily method of operation, for me, and I was never like an athlete, but training, like I used to train like twice a day. My normal Saturday was like a 180K bike ride and then like a 10-kilometer run off the bike. Like that was like my fun Saturday morning. You know, I used to train so hard, but now less is more. I do the things in practice and in flow with my cycle and I feel I look and feel better at 34 than I've ever looked in my life. And people are very much asking me like, you know, like how often do you train and do you do yoga? And I'm like, I haven't been to the gym in nine years, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and it just comes back to when you do things in alignment with your body based on how you feel, your intuition, you do the simple things, this, your body won't stuff it up. Your mm. body lacks simple. It lacks routine. If you look at children, children thrive on routine. Dogs and puppies thrive on routine. We are adults, we're also humans. We still thrive on routine. Mm. So if you just apply those simple things and do so in like a yin and a yang aspect, you can really thrive. And then you thrive. And then if your partner does that, they thrive and then you get to thrive together. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, the harmonious aspect for the relationships, of course. And as a, I'm thinking about with um, what I just said to you and here now in Sweden, a lot of my work uh, and even just lifestyle 
um, pressures and, and routines have dropped and therefore my training has picked up a bit and I'm doing the longer skis and I'm loving it, but it's not like every day I'm grinding. Today's my yoga day. Like it's my dedicated yoga day where I'm not doing, I'll walk and I'll play outside in the snow with Ollie and yoga is my, my dedicated movement for today. Whereas yesterday it was like, no, I'm pushing hard on the skis, nose breathing only the whole time. So that brings me in my bandwidth, but that's my thing. Like I'm, I'm ready for that. I know it's not going to burn me out. I know how to monitor it all. So yeah, it's, it's the fun aspects of life. Gemma, I've just realized that um, you've probably got another, you're bouncing into some other coaching and I've held you a bit longer than promised. So that's all right. I just want to say too, that I see you cross country skiing. I'm like, Robbo's freaking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. When I first learned a couple of years ago, it was like learning how to walk again and it triggered the frustration and it triggered all of these inner child things of this is bullshit and I'm not good enough and blah, blah, blah. Dedicated time to it. Now it's one of my favorite types of exercise. Addicted. So as we wrap up, can you just remind mm-hmm. everyone where they can follow you, find you, find more information and uh, learn more of your abundance of value? Thank you. Yes. Um, so my business name is Wellsome. That's W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E. And you can just find me on my website. All this, everything is on the website. Um, I hang out on Instagram. It's like my place. I do love Instagram. So that's Wellsome underscore Gemma Lee. That's J-E-M-A-L-E-E. And if you can't find me, just Google Gemma Lee. Um, and if you are on Instagram, come say hi. I love connecting and putting fun content out about awkward topics. Um, it's very fun and very awkward. I get a good laugh out <laughs> of your Instagram, but at the same time, it warms my heart because I know it's so freaking valuable as well. <laughs> Don't worry. Today's newsletter went out on grey pubes, so it's, it's definitely a fun, it's definitely a fun topic. Um, all the conversations that you wish people would have to kind of normalise—they're the ones that I'm trying to have. So, Robert, thanks for having me on again. Oh, brilliant! Absolutely, and we're going to jump on another time and do an Instagram live. We're going to let you go and uh, get to talking to your clients about more grey pubes. But, Gemma, you're one of the most uh, grounded individuals I know. I'm blessed to call you a friend and. I'm super grateful that you will be educating me to help me with my daughter when she has her first period. (laughs) Keep shining your abundant and wholesome light to the world, my girl. Thanks so much, Robbo. Thanks for having me. Thanks, legend. (laughs) There you go. Another episode that went places I was not expecting, but also I welcomed it because they're all part of us understanding ourselves at a deeper level and navigating life from that perspective. Make sure you follow Gemma Lee on Instagram and listen to her podcast to be entertained and educated like never before. The link to Gemma's Instagram is in the show notes of this episode too. And don't forget, like I said in the intro, if you're a driven leader in your work or business and want to learn some empowering habits to help keep you energized and on the path to personal success and fulfillment, you can download my free guide at brettrobbo.com forward slash three powerful habits that's the number three remember that you can just go to the show notes and click on the link for that one and as always remember this is your life journey your life of impact